Welcome back. It's Write That Down. I'm Justin Nipper, editor for FightGameMedia.com, staff writer F4W Online, WrestlingObserver.com. I am back with Japan's leading pro wrestling author and historian and broadcast journalist and socialist, Mr. Fumi Saito, everyone's favorite. Today, general education episode, I like to call it. It's an episode that centers on the history of like seasonal pro wrestling tournaments in Japan where that comes from and why it's important and how it factors into wrestling in Japan today talking about all things from Ricky Dozan's World League Tournament 1959 Champion Carnival from all Japan G1 Climax Fire Festival everything I think everything most everything all kinds of round robin, single elimination tournaments, everything in between. We covered what we could. And if we missed something, hit us up, let us know. Ask questions. Because the questions and the feedback have really been helping uh, make this show move forward. And thanks for the momentum, everyone. So I hope you enjoy today's episode talking about tournament culture in Japan. If you haven't already, please, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed the free feed on spotify or apple downcast wherever you usually download your podcasts um that's it for now let's get right into it write that down history of tournaments in japan all right then we're doing a singles tournament history and i think it's very japanese that uh, like you like you and i said uh, it, it came from sumo culture Actually, there's a uh, six bashos that uh, you know, spring basho and the nuts basho and the naki basho and the nagoya basho and then 15 day tournament. And there's like a top 40 sumo wrestlers compete with one another, but w- within this 15 day period, you cannot possibly do the round robin with 39 other guys. Therefore, some wrestlers meet, some wrestlers don't wrestle each other. That happened with Ricky Dozan's World League. It was the pioneer of all singles tournament in Japan. Ricky Dozan's World League, okay? It lasted 14-year period between 1959 to 1972. 14-year period. Five In the first five years, Ricky Dozan won. And you know, it's six- interesting that it comes from sumo and Ricky Dozan was sumo. So sure. it, it, well, he brought a lot of culture uh, from sumo. They that the sumo bear and the dojo system. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's wrestling they have this do- Japanese dojo system where the, the rookies and newcomers actually live there and and, and they train all day until you debut. You know, and uh, and you eat chanko food. You know, the sumo food. And uh, you wash Protein your senior stew and yet wash yeah. your seniors back yeah. and take their time. Yeah, you wash your seniors. I was gonna say that. Yeah. So those things are, but that, that tradition was kept or being kept up to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even up some... to like uh, when you see in New Japan Chaos Bullet Club. These this idea of the stable or or the stable. Yeah, like a he- sumo bear, right? Yeah, like a, like yeah. the the sumo room the sumo group yeah like uh, a miyagi no beada mm-hmm. yeah this you know almost like a team. No bear. yeah it's a stable yeah, yeah stable and the same 
same stable wrestlers don't wrestle against each other. That's same as in Samoa and Japanese pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So if you understand this tradition, you understand kind of a bigger picture in Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. Between that and the training, the training system, I think those are two really important factors on kind of what defines Japanese pro wrestling, even to this day. Yeah, yeah, that too. But see, when American, you know, uh, young talent who wants to be wrestler, uh, they go to wrestling school. You pay money, right? Just like mm-hmm. going to school. In, in Japan, you go through audition, new moon test. You know, test. You've been tested. You know, like your physical ability and 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 what kind of shape you're in, or high school uh, athletic resume, or college uh, athletic records, and all these things. And they let you in if you're good enough. But you are not going wrestling school like you pay money to get in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you or have you to be ready. Or being recommended by somebody who's already in the business. Sure, sure. Or they're recommended by somebody who's in the business, like a family. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe I know some situations where they were athletes at high school or university and they were scouted. Yeah, right. We still need recommendation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why that the Riki Choshu, the Hiroshi Hase, Manabu Nakanishi, or Jumbo, or, or, or Akiyama, they all went the same. The Jumbo is from Chuo University. Ah, okay, but the yeah. Riki Choshu, the Akiyama, the Hiroshi Hase, the Nak, uh, uh, Manabu Liger? Nakanishi. They, uh, Liger did not go to college. But then, wow. yeah, Choshu Nakanishi, the Akiyama, Hiroshi Hase, everybody went to Senshu University. Senshu same college. University, that's it. Senshu yeah, Senshu Daigaku. Yeah. And uh, Yuji Nagata was college champion at the Nittai Dai, mm. Japan Athlete College. Like, a, I mean, he was like an elite, elite athlete in, in college. Uh, his brother, he, too, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, he went to Olympic and got the medal. Yeah, mm-hmm. silver medal. Silver medal. And uh, Yuji Nagata and, and Kendo, Kendo Kashin competed the same year. They mm. did not make Olympic by one, you know, one win and one last. You know, like, they were both national college champions. Mm. I think Fujita too? Fujita was college champion too, mm. right. But they did not quite make Olympic because mm. one weight class, each, each weight class, only one guy get to go to Olympic. Mm. That doesn't mean they weren't good. They were college champions, all of them, all of them. It's just incredible. But Jumbo, on the other hand, was a different story because he wanted to go to Olympic. Therefore, he Jumbo quit basketball and turned, uh, got in the wrestling team at the freshman year in college. Mm. He didn't start wrestling until he was 19 in college freshman. Then se- senior in college, he was already in the Olympic. That's how good he was. But heavyweight, though. You know mm. what I'm saying? A natural. Yeah. In, in amateur wrestling, wrestling that your weight class is like, a, you know, 80 kilo, 85 kilo, like your rather middleweight, you know, they are, the, you know, the thickest, you know, the richest competition. Mm. And Japanese heavyweight, uh, is like kind of less, right? Because not everybody's heavyweight in Japan. So more rare, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same way at uh, Yatsu. Oh, kind of like uh, if you remember Tamo Honda from Pro Wrestling mm. Noah. Sure. He yeah. he went to Olympic four times. <laughs> four times. 
He well, always only... kind of looked like he was ready for another Olympic match, even into those older pro wrestling Noah days. He was always in a singlet uh, with the long hair, ready to go. That really defined who Tamon Honda. Yeah, he was. Other yeah, and then Honda were. Tamon became professional wrestler, but the, in in his heart, I'm sure he he was more of an amateur wrestler. You mm. know. Yeah, he went to from LA Olympic to Barcelona, Atlanta, and yeah, he he went to three Olympics at least. It's just, that's incredible record. And the, the more we talk about who used to be involved, like the stars that used to be involved with that kind of wrestling, that seasonal schedule, it, it kind of shows you how um, important and regular or like normalized the tour tournament schedule would be in Japan. It was such a, a normal way of how to do wrestling, how to present wrestling in Japan. Yeah, yeah. the annual calendar, I mean, like mm-hmm. a calendar year kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So World League, World, World League was created by Ricky Dozen in 1959. And, and uh, all, all these wrestlers from, uh, they were they, all from America, you know, that the Mr. Atomic, that the Jesse Ortega, the Enrique Torres, that the, uh, they're from America, but they were labeled from one from Spain and one from Germany and one from this and all kinds of Italy or different country. You know, it was interesting. Like, like a third year, Korogach came in, the, the Bill, he was from German, Germany, you know, mm. but uh, for, for the first five year period, Ricky Dozen won. And then sixth and seventh, Tayo Nobori won in in '66. Uh, uh, Jan Baba won. Then uh, Jan Be- Jan Baba era begins, and that World League Spring Tournament of JWA Nippon Pro Wrestling lasted 14 year period. Then 1972, Jan Baba left uh, that uh, JWA to form his own All Japan Pro Wrestling. And following year, year 1973, Jan Baba basically changed this World League format into the original champion carnival that started in 1973. So this year, this regime of all Japan Pro Wrestling still running champion carnival, 49th year. None, no tar- tournament lasted that long. Mm. See, WrestleMania, 37 years, that's great. But the one-day event, right? Mm. But this, this, this... Like much like you know, you just think about G1 climax that it lasts the entire month. You know, all single tournament matches, each match is each and every match is very important because it's like your single match record. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's similar to other sports like uh, golf or or tennis, where this is the tradition. This is the tournament. It's not a day, uh, one day event. It's it's a over the course, yeah, a story the told over the course does, of a month. Kind of does something similar as AEW right now. You know, underneath the wrestler's name, you have how many matches they had in win and loss record, and right underneath your name. You know, that AEW has been doing that, and uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Like this year, the G1 Climax tournament. Yeah, uh, like I said, that uh, tournament final Okada against Will Ospreay was great match, great match. But during the tournament. G1, uh, that the current IWG champion, Jay White, lost to uh, Tamatonga in single match for the first time. Mm. That elevated you know, Tamatonga, I mean, like for people's eyes, like, that guy can beat Jay White in single match situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it, it's because it's not 
just a show in the summer. It's a G1 match in the summer. And that adds so much more to Tamatonga's story, to Jay White's story, and to the whole New Japan long-term story is because... Yeah, and the 33rd year annual, is it? Mm -hmm. Was it? Yeah, 33. Yep. 33. And uh, it was very important for like Masachono's career that he won G1 tournament first two years. It's kind of what defined him. Uh, I think so. Going into the 90s. Keiji yeah. Muto, you got three musketeers. Keiji Muto, Shinya Hashimoto, and Masa Chono, right? Everybody knows that, uh, everybody knew that Keiji Muto is so special, so special. But, uh, and Hashimoto is a different way, very domestic Japanese, like almost like a martial arts samurai. He, he kicks you, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Masa Chono did not really have that, what, what's Chono, right? Mm-hmm. And then he won G1 Climax tournament. Like, wasn't even favorite, you know. And uh, he won the tournament, and he became Mr. G1. First mm-hmm. two years, yeah, Mr. It was August. very important. Yeah, Mr. August, and uh, that was very important because that really elevated him into a main event, you know, cluster. While Ricky Choshu and Tatsumi Fujinami was still active, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, even to this day, you'll see Masachono pop up on these, even like a G1 uh, special broadcast on the commentary. That's so yeah, yeah, he part does of that. Who yeah. He is. yeah, yeah. And everybody remembers that uh, second year final that uh, Keiji, uh, Keiji Muto against Chono, and everybody started, you know, throwing that uh, cushion, you know, that, yeah, uh, pillow cushions from the Sumo Hall, <laughs> from yeah. Sumo Palace, yeah. And they did that so much that, that they banned it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the next year, he's like, no, we're not renting that, that cushion ever again. And the <laughs> Sumo Association got angry about that, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was like a what that, that that in similar tournament that happens, you know, when you see the big upset, you know, yeah, somebody beat Yokozuna, Yokozuna meaning grand champion, okay, not Yokozuna, the wrestler, not the Yokozuna, Yokozuna, no, not, not him, but the Yokozuna, the grand champion, some you know, lower status sumo wrestler beat the grand champion, Yokozuna, big upset, then you start throwing the pillow, <laughs> yeah, mm. that's the sumo tradition of it, and uh. Well, they're not doing it. Oh, they don't even throw ribbons anymore in Japan. Yeah, and especially since the uh, especially pandemic. Yeah, yeah, since the pandemic has changed. But yet, like you said, even before that, there there were no more the ribbons. Or, or... But that's that became more of an old Japan thing than the new new Japan thing. That's right too. Yeah, it was an old Japan kind of tradition. Yeah, um, that that uh, I I I should say four pillars, but uh, even. Hmm. Uh, uh, even during the Baba Jumbo combination and the Funks and the Abdullah the Butcher and the Sheik, then into Stan Hansen Bruiser Brody combination, Bruiser Brody and Terry Gordy combination, and it just really uh, it was all Japan thing to throw this you know multicolored ribbon into the ring. Mm-hmm. Usually, you take your uh, your favorite wrestlers' uh, colors of their trunks, or you you know if you support yeah, and Misawa, then the Terry. F- Terry Funko wrapped be... around it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, he would get uh, wrapped his body around it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. But that's a uh, tournament is very important, and it also uh, it gives different value to it. Uh, you have a champion. New Japan has IWGP champion. Like today's, you know, company that uh, Stardom has red belt champion and a white belt champion, but still you do this five-star Grand Prix that everybody wrestle everybody else in a single-match situation in the point system, and the winner of this five-star Grand Prix 
a tournament, it means just as much as your champ. I mean, the, the one with championship belt. Okada was saying the same thing after this G1 climax, you know, the, the, the in-ring mic speech that uh, the IWGP champion is one thing. It's great. But uh, everybody knows that the, the fans, you know, out there, you witness this a whole month of very serious, hard, you know, fighting tournament that we all worked hard the entire month of you know August for this G1 tournament. And uh, he finally won the tournament, well, the, the third time, but uh, he won the tournament. I think that Okada th- felt that there is just as valuable uh, as IWGP champion. Therefore, that the winner of I- I G1 tournament and IWGP champion should meet at Tokyo Dome January 4th. So that the main event for the Tokyo Dome January 4th already locked in. Wow. And it's because, you know, this works, I think, because of uh, how regular it became to be, not just the G1, but the whole tournament culture in itself. It really makes it feel like who's good, who's the best this year? Who is the best in the company? Who is the best within uh, the context of the world? Who is the best? And let's show who's the best. And it's that idea that helps bring these stories, elevates these yeah. stories up. Yeah, to, to study uh, more of the Japanese history from 70s, you know, Antonio Inoki's New Japan had a, the same name, World League Tournament for four-year period, 74, 75, 76, uh, 77, four-year period. First two years, Inoki won, and uh, second two years, Seiji Sakaguchi won. Uh, that established sakaguchi as you know like not just number two but equal to inoki mm. yeah at the 76 he beat the you know, sakaguchi beat uh pedro morales to win the tournament that was pretty big and in 77 he beat mass superstar you know Bill in his prime that uh, he beat mass superstar so that was big and uh, but the uh, with this partnership with, with Vince McMahon Senior's WWF, that they, they changed the name uh, of World League into Madison Square Garden Series. You know that one. That's right. Yeah, Madison MSG Square series. Garden Series. Yeah, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82. Yeah, five-year period until it became IWGP tournament. Yeah, so that the... Madison Square Garden series, the singles tournament uh, that New Japan held was like, uh, it, it shows the partnership with America's company, WWF, under the giant, uh, uh, your, uh, Bob Backlund, uh, even American Dream, Dusty Rose, the, of course, young, younger Hulk Hogan, Stan Hansen still with New Japan. And the first year, Inoki beat Andre to win the tournament. And 79, 80, 81, three-year period that the tournament final three years in a row, it was Inoki against Stan Hansen. That really established Stan Hansen as mega main event. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 81 tournament, it was like the final Inoki against Stan Hansen program because at the end of 81, Stan Hansen switched side and went to all Japan and stayed in the next 20 years. In 82, Inoki got sick. So the final was Andre the Giant against Killer Khan. And Andre beat Killer Khan for the uh, final. And it was the first time American won the tournament. Or like a foreigner, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I believe that around this time, those two were having a pretty regular program. Program in, in America, WWF, too. right? Yeah, uh, like the 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 storytelling thing, that the storyline. I think that it was Killer Khan broke Andre's leg and the foot or something, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And they'd they'd often have uh, matches in Madison Square Garden around right. the mid eighties. Yeah. Yeah, because Killer Khan broke Andre's leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It wasn't though because Andre the Giant broke his own foot, waking and getting up from his own bed in hotel. <laughs> but they used it as a program. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And bringing people like Arnold Scolan as a manager of Andre the Giant that really established the that the single match tournament is something very special. Yeah, it felt like it was the biggest wrestling event of the year at around those times. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, definitely. that's what that's it was meant to, yeah. Yeah, and then you got to remember that the 80s, you know, and in the springtime, the old Japan's champion, champion carnival or grand champion carnival and old, uh, the new Japan's either M, uh, the Madison Square Garden Series or IWGP tournament, that that old Japan's uh, t- singles tournament and new Japan singles tournament happening at the same time at the same time in spring i mean two 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 sets of big singles tournament in two different channels two different networks either friday night or saturday night it's like a two big league of professional wrestling running singles tournament at the same time they probably but they i'm sure they designed it that way because they're competing they are competing but the TV stations, eyes, it was the competing TV program in ratings and advertising, all these things. So pro wrestling was more than uh, just wrestling uh, house gate or the popularity, but it was like a network television's rating war. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was the big TV war. And, uh, yeah. And the, it wasn't just the companies, like the wrestling companies that were in charge of, you know, what would be on TV and what was what the creative was. The TV companies were, they also had a head in that and TV. Uh, yeah. yeah, that, that too. Yeah. TV Asahi, yeah. So it's a little yeah, bit different. They were paying, compared. you know, um, well, to, in today's industry, you know, like USA Network paying WWE annual fee for Monday Night Raw and the Fox TV paying annual, what, the 30, $38 million or something a year for SmackDown rights. But the Japanese network channel always were paying that the rights, you know, the TV right fee way back in the 70s and 80s, well into 90s. So the TV involvement, TV money involvement was there, you know, in Japan before, you know, like business in America caught up. Mm-hmm. And all, the, the networks were also a little more hands-on than they are in the in the U.S. Like, for example, a USA Network, they have a, a little bit of creative input, I'm sure, to a very small extent, but not to the extent like something like NTV Yeah, because WWE have. work as TV company. They produce their own show right. and package it and just send it to USA. Right. Whereas yeah, the definitely. other companies in Japan, they would help produce the show. Yeah, because TV crew come from TV Asahi or Nippon TV, mm. and uh, they are there to tape it. Mm. Still to that day, and, like to, to to this day with New Japan, it's still a similar setup. Right, and uh, they make sure that they don't tell TV people everything. <laughs> right, I mean, tra- right. Traditional kayfabe culture is still there, believe it or not. 
because but, uh, you have a staff that's uh, kind of not smartened up. They're just there to shoot the shows. Yeah, but the most of the you know location directors or part you know the, the smaller directors and the producers they know they think they know the business, but they kind of have to guess guess it because New Japan Booker or New Japan Creative won't tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Please make sure that you tape everything. Then you blink, blink, wink, wink your eyes. You know what I'm saying? I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is like a very adult, <laughs> like a professional, you know, like a, right. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. Yes, I know what you're talking about, kind of thing. Yeah. Implied uh, uh, actions will happen later in the show, so just keep it rolling, and that's it. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting that the New Japan Creative don't tell everything to the management either. Hmm. Yeah, because Bushy Road people, the owner, the parent mm. company. They are not exactly wrestling people. Same thing happening with Stardom right now, that uh, they think they, well, of course, they own the company, so they have every right to, you know, have all the talent to do whatever they want. But uh, I don't think Rossi is telling them everything. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that the Bushiroad fight people go over Rossi Ogawa's head and start doing things with talent that. The, and sometimes Rossi doesn't know, you know, everything about it, and then that's going to be a little problem a little bit later on. But the, it's very interesting situation that the owner, uh, the parent company Bushiroad, same with New Japan and Stardom, right? That the, they are not wrestling people. Mm. It's it's good and bad though because they know, they think they know wrestling when they don't. Hmm. And uh, they're looking at it like uh, this is a product, you know what I'm saying? Right. Much like any other entertainment. But wrestling should be treated a little bit differently. It's still sport. And talent and wrestlers think like athletes. And uh, they want to win, even though it's work. You know what I'm saying? Especially in Japan, where that kind of thinking is even stronger in this yeah. uh, industry. You feel yeah. that? I feel it. Yeah, sure. I, I think that needs to be taken into account. And, and you can tell, I mean, when you have a company that knows the entertainment side, but they don't fully... Uh... Well, the, the similar thing happened within WWE. You know, the talent, you know, the, the main roster talent and who gets pushed, who who aren't, you know, and uh, some, some, some main roster talents are not happy the way they are treated. And uh, it had to be up until Vince McMahon's, you know, retirement that they had to be Vince McMahon's favorite, right? Mm. And Triple H promised all the talent that they, you know, would be treated fair. And if you have anything or input or ideas or creative ideas to or, or any idea to pitch, it come to me. And I think with triple h regime that it'll be it's under a little bit more open air i should say but still has to be his favorite i guess but the system is yeah it's it's a a a balanced a mix of entertainment and sport and when the tv channel is involved yeah that that, that is why wrestling is completely different animal from like a pure entertainment who is popular and who are not, or who gets pushed. But it's still that the wrestlers' genuine wrestling ability and athletic ability or that the natural charisma, that speaks volume. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's also the idea of 
is this more of a TV event or a TV production, or is this more of a live event production? Because pro wrestling came out of being a live event business, and it still is a live event business mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. an extent, but it's not hundred percent live event business. Um, so that yeah, needs to be it's controlled by TV. Too. Now it's like more of a, the, the internet uh, streaming. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the big difference you would have to think about is: is this just a live broadcast of a live event, or is this a wrestling company's production of something they created? You know, I guess that's the the nuance between the two. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what are some of the other um, big festivals or uh, or tournaments? IWE that the, the company oh, talked about. And we talk about a lot. International wrestling, wrestling enterprise. enterprise, right? The the company Kokusai that existed, wrestling, Kokusai Pro Wrestling, that only lasted about fifteen year period between nineteen sixty six and nineteen eighty one. They had IW, uh, IWA World Series too. That the first two years Billy Robinson won, and third year Young Monster Rashmov, that the, the Young Under the Giant won because Korogach and Billy Robinson same point in the final match they had a draw. Therefore, the third place uh, Monster Rashmov, Young Under the Giant, moved up to the first place and won the tournament. And fourth fourth year Strong Kobayashi beat Young Under the Giant to be the winner. And fifth year. Uh, Russia Kimura and 60 year Russia Kimura. They, they, they didn't have it every year, but the, for 10 year period, they had six IWA World Series tournament. Yeah, that uh, they had that. And New, like I said, New Japan had their own World League and Madison Square Garden Series. And to, it might be new to today's wrestling fans that IWGP was a spring tournament at one point that uh, 83 84 85 86 87 so yeah five year period before i there was iwgp heavyweight championship iwgp also was spring tournament first year it was won it was won by uh hulk hogan that uh, 28 year old hulk hogan beat antonio inoki yeah uh, for the first time in in 84 the second year the tournament iwgp tournament fi- final was also antonio inoki against hulk hogan for second second year in a row what was interesting was though in january if you remember january of 1984 hulk hogan already beat iron Sheik to be wwf champion for the first time right mm-hmm. he was WWF champion with yellow trunks and yellow boots, but the same year he came back to Japan with this black trunks with Ichiban riding on it with silver boots. He had he went into IWGP tournament final week, and uh, it was like interesting that the, theoretically or technically that the Hulk Hogan had both IWGP belt and WWF belt at the same time in 1984. Isn't that interesting? Unprecedented. I don't think that's happened since. And it'd be like uh, if um, Brock Lesnar was WWE champion and he went over to Japan in the summer and won the G1. Something like that. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Or Roman Reigns or somebody. It's it's 
it, that today is unheard of. Yeah, the business partnership was there, but uh, New Japan's partnership was signed between Inoki New Japan and Vince McMahon Senior. Okay, mm-hmm. and ten year, eleven year partnership, but as as of 1983 into 1984 regime that the Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Today's you know, Vince took over the company basically, and basically they uh, cut the tie with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, uh, between 1985 and 1990, for a five year period, Vince didn't come back. Hmm. And when he came back in 1990, it was Wrestling Summit at Tokyo Dome. New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWF, and Giant Baba's All Japan Pro Wrestling, the three company run Tokyo Dome, the company joint show together. It was the Giant Baba felt that sooner or later that uh, Vince McMahon would come to Japan on his own. Mm-hmm. Why not have joint venture show altogether? That would prevent Vince from coming into Japan on his own. That was mm-hmm. Baba's idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, then again, that uh, Baba was under the impression that Hulk Hogan would be coming in as WWF champion, right? Mm-hmm. That's why that uh, Jan Baba basically prepared Hulk Hogan match, and the opponent would be Terry Gordy. And but the, it, it's, it's in between that the Terry Gordy said, "I ain't doing it," right? Then Stan Hansen, that the Baba had to look for uh, Stan Hansen because Stan was living in Kawasaki at the same time, and Jan Baba had to call Stan's father, looking for him. You know, at the way Stan, and, and then he's living in Japan at the same time, but uh, at the time in Kawasaki, but Baba couldn't find him. But uh, after he got a hold, got a hold of Stan, that the Stan wanted to do it. So the main main event at the Tokyo Dome 1990 Wrestling Summit was changed from Hulk Hogan, Terry Gordy to uh, to uh, Hulk Hogan, Stan Hansen mm-hmm. instead. <clears throat> it was interesting. And it was joint ve- 1990 uh, Wrestling Summit was joint venture between three companies, WWF, New Japan, and All Japan. But it was basically All Japan that helped WWF. And it was interesting that year alone, January and March and April, Vince McMahon, you know, took uh, came to Japan three times in four months period. Yeah, that's, that's... I mean that how serious Vince McMahon was about this Tokyo Dome show. Hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, especially and around the time <clears throat> too. This is when um, Hogan was probably coming down from the biggest he was in the 80s and 90s but it was still a huge time yeah, for but, him uh, john Bob was uh, was under the impression that the hulk hogan would be coming into tokyo dome as a champion instead wrestlemania 6 happened just a couple weeks before that and hulk hogan dropped the title to ultimate warrior and basically john baba didn't know who ultimate warrior was hmm. <laughs> you know who is that guy you know, beating uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, right? And Hulk Hogan is not coming to Tokyo Dome as a champion that Vince McMahon didn't tell him about it. Mm. And uh, Warrior would be on the wrestling summit with uh, Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Yeah, million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. But Ted DiBiase himself was a big, huge superstar with Old Japan just a few years earlier. And much bigger in Japan than Ultimate Warrior was. Yeah, ever was. Hmm. And it was Ultimate Warrior's first trip to Japan. 
And Ted DiBiase was Stan Hansen's regular tag team partner as a huge superstar. And before being Stan Hansen's tag team partner, uh, that uh, Ted DiBiase and, Dick, and Dirty Dickie Slater was Terry Funk's protege type and turned on Terry Funk and became heel in Japan. It was a big, huge hit, you know. And all these things was remembered by Japanese fans. But now that a few years later, Ted DBS came back to Japan in Wrestling Summit, Tokyo Dome Show, with, as a as a million dollar man, and mm. did had a seven minute short match against Ultimate Warrior and got beat. Mm. You, you got to scratch your head, right? Right, right. It's like yeah. who is this guy? What what? It was just only what two three years before that he was was yeah Hansen. huge superstar yeah. And uh, the one more note from this wrestling summit card from 1990, Tokyo Dome, there was a such, um, in hindsight, great matchup, but uh, it was so overlooked that night that the Bret Hart against Misawa Tiger Mask, single match. Mm, Tiger Mask 2. Yeah, so Mitsuharu Misawa, you know, the same year, you know, that he took mask off and became his own star, beating Jumbo Tsuda and all that. But the, at the Tokyo Dome, Bret Hart against Misawa happened. And it was not even main event. Mm-hmm. A 20-minute Broadway, you know. And uh, people didn't pay much attention to it because Bret Hart wasn't as established and Misawa as a Tiger Mask wasn't as, as established. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And now you go back, you know, the, to the old videotape, and wow, the Bret Hart against Misawa actually took place that night. Yeah, I think that um, was interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be kicking themselves after if they knew what would have become <laughs> of both of them. So I mean, decades later, yes, yeah, but the but the, at the Tokyo time, Dome, yeah, the big, yeah the, uh, that night at the Tokyo Dome, the the biggest hit was Tenru, uh, the Genichiro Tenru against Randy Savage. That was the biggest, you know, the mega hit. Fantastic, fantastic match. Right, right. So that was the, the also that was a big show that we sidetracked that, the, that we were talking about that the Japanese uh, single match you know singles tournament history, but uh, yeah, but we we still had to cap, cover that uh, the partnership with American company at the time. Mm. Champion Carnival, uh, the original Champion Carnival, Janet Baba's version, they had a lot of NWA stars, you know, yeah. And younger Bruiser Brody, and second year or so that no 1979 version of the Champion Carnival, that the f- tournament final was Baba against Brody, younger Brody, and Baba actually beat Brody mm-hmm. while Brody was still jobbing, you know, every every once in a great while, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, your boss could beat Brody, but uh, other than that, Brody would not go down, yeah. Now, also around, not around this time, a little after, but this is also when we talked about, this is when the G1 would start in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. he passed away in 88. Mm-hmm. And so Misawa era hasn't begun. And the Misawa and Brody never had a single program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we got the OG one. Yeah, with this, you know, four pillar period, Misawa, Kawada, 
uh, the, the Akira Taue and Kenta Kobashi, the four pillar period, the old Japan progressing became more Japanese oriented company rather than the seventies and eighties American oriented, you know, the giant Baba book, you know, promoter and all the NWS superstar you know, kept coming into old Japan ring and, and all Japanese against American superstar, but it has changed after that. But Champion Carnival still, you know, kept on. It was like one year won by Misawa, one year won by Jumbo again, and uh, Stan again, and yeah, Stan Hansen stayed. Oh, you know what? I wanted to ask you quickly about if this happened once in the '90s during uh, this era of All Japan during the Champion Carnival. It doesn't happen often, but there was a like a three-way tie in one year between. Kawada, Misawa, and Kobashi, when they all had to do like the um, playoff match night. Do you remember that, like 1997? Yeah, I'm really bad about those years, though. So, you know, you something just... like 97, maybe not 98, but basically. You have to beat your opponent two matches in a row. Yeah, you have to be of the three. If there is a three way tie, the winner to has win to twice. win twice in twice. a row. Right, right. Was so, that a Misawa or Kawada? I, I think it was Misawa. I believe it was Misawa. I'll, let me check quickly right now if it's the 97 one. Uh, <laughs> do a little uh, online research while we're we're looking because... Um, <laughs> because but I, remember, I have wrote somewhere. Too. I would see oh, this man. often in sumo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The very because last night. In, in sumo, of course, it's easier for players to tie, but also having three, four, five matches in a row in sumo, it's not going to take that much time. You know, sometimes it only lasts a few seconds, whereas in pro wrestling, oh, matches sumo can go. wrestling, oh god, yeah, yeah, sumo wrestling, you can you can do a a, a number of of matches in five to ten minutes. Whereas uh, um, if it was ninety four, Kawada okay, Kawada beat Steve Williams to win win the carnival. Ninety five, Misawa beat Taue to win the carnival. In ninety six, Akira Taue beat Steve Williams uh, to be the winner. Okay, ninety seven, Kawada beat Kobashi. Yeah, Kawada mm -hmm. won the tournament that year. Then yeah, so it was following like a playoff. Ninety eight, yeah. Misawa beat Akiyama, Jun Akiyama. So it had to be ninety seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was like this, uh, like three way tie, and they uh, they did a like a, like a, a playoff. That really round established round. Kobashi because final match was uh, Kawada against Kobashi instead of Misawa's involvement. Yeah. Ah, okay. So it, it felt like he was he was right in there. He could, he could hang with the the best guys, and this is when Misawa right. was triple crown right. champion too. Right, and the Kobashi uh, wasn't able to beat Misawa for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Single match situation. I mean, just as good, but the Kenta Kobashi didn't quite beat Misawa. I mean, took them long, took them long time to, you know, beat Misawa in a single match situation. Mm. Yeah, in in Japan, it, it takes forever, right? But that's how it, it has to be that way, though, because and, and a lot of people get frustrated over in the West because uh, they just see the quick answer. They, yeah, <laughs> they just think, wow, this guy keeps losing. He's just losing, but I, I think in Japan you you have to lose a lot to earn your your yeah. Your place. That's Japanese in it. I think so. You really have. Yeah, I mean, Kobashi Kawada was underdog, such an underdog for longest time. 
Oh, he never yeah. beat Misawa. He he didn't beat him for years. Yeah, but at the Tokyo Dome, the the first and last Tokyo Dome show that the Baba's All Japan had, the main event was Misawa against Kawada, and Kawada beat him clean. Finally, Kawada beat Misawa clean. Yeah, finally. Yeah, sweet ending. So so, so that was like a, in Baba's mind, it was a big surprise, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, I agree with you that. Uh, it takes forever for one superstar to be so established. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kobashi lost like 60 matches before he even won a match. Won the match. Right, right, right. It was a golden but, rookie in everybody's eyes. But it makes it that much more uh, meaningful when they do win. Yeah, the same, almost kind of same mentality and mindset that uh, uh, I don't want to, you know, keep talking, you know, talking about this year's G1 Climax tournament. But uh, Okada and Will Osprey tournament final, right? Mm-hmm. They already had seven single matches, six on Okada, and one win. The help with with this their reg, in regime that they, you know that the United Kingdom that the United, United Empire. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, United Empire's help that uh, uh, Will Osprey beat Okada once, but it wasn't clean, you know. So it was like six win and one lose, and it was the eighth time, and Okada still beat Osprey. But this time, it really this year's t- tournament final, it really elevated. Osprey a notch that because of the that the content of the match mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the match was really really good maybe that that'll give you the hint that the next time that Will Osprey and Okada meet that Will Osprey might beat him I mean and that kind of feeling so that's another part of the like these summer uh, festivals or or tournaments they're so meaningful when these wrestlers put on a match. In that spot, with that context and with that content, it really makes for special matches and memorable matches and moments. Right. Yeah, but then then again, this is like a very traditional wrestling format that the same opponent, you know, same matchup over and over and over, much like Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar. How many times they've done that? I mean, just um, even just in in. WrestleMania situation is like five times. If you count SummerSlam and other pay-per-view events, like a seven, eight times. But every time they meet in the ring, it means different. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it's okay to have same matchup. You know that uh, it's always going to be Okada and Jay White and in in the Naito. And now it's fourth superstar would be Will Osprey. That uh, they could beat any opponent any given night but okada is above like a, a head above everybody else that's how we look at it but the losing in single tournament match situation losing is, is just as meaningful is what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes yeah it, the best situation is when at the end of the match both wrestlers end up elevated yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because of what they've done in the ring that night. Mm-hmm. They, they, it was a, a new part told in the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this year's that the commentary was really good. That uh, you know, 
the Will Osprey studied Okada's, you know, the, the videotape so much that the, who beat Okada before? Uh, the Tanahashi has beaten Okada, so the, the, let's use the high fly floor uh, that the Will Osprey tried that. When AJ Styles ha has beaten Okada before. Let's use the style, you know, Clash of Style move one two, and uh, the, the Kenny Omega has, has beaten o uh, Okada. So let's use that the, 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 the running G trigger knee attack thing that uh, he tried that and. Uh, None of these moves couldn't beat Okada, and then nothing else you could do. And then, then, then Okada's rainmaker comes in, but Will Ospreay this time kicked out a uh, rainmaker the counter too. And then it really established he can kick out that move. A very simple psychology, but really means a lot in mm -hmm. live crowd. Yeah. And in that moment, in the main event of the summer tournament. Yeah, so the, the wrestling format hasn't changed over that match. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really uh, uh, the fans changed. We were talking about 90s, you know, Toshiaki Kawada. Oh, he gotten beaten so many times. And every time he got beaten, uh, I guess he gotten more popular and elevated himself. And mm -hmm. pretty soon you'll have a single match against people like Stan Hansen and... Of course, you know, with Larry, you know, that he get beaten, but uh, he got that much closer. Yeah. Right. And it shows how much they have guts. The page was turned. Just one page, though, in a long novel or something, you know, like a big book. But the exactly. one page, another page, another page. You have to keep reading it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it, it, this is wrestling. It's it's nice to have new opponent, you know, fresh opponent sometimes. But the good matches, great matches, classic matches that come from that like almost regular matchup. How many mm -hmm. times did Ricky Choshu and Fujinami had single match mm. in thirty year period? Mm. Antonio Inoki against Tiger Jit Singh. Giant oh. Baba against Abdul the Butcher. <laughs> I mean, Ali oh. uh, or Tiger Jeet Singh and Inoki maybe had a match like once a month for a year or two. I mean, to me, it, it, it seemed like uh, entire year, yeah. <laughs> the whole year, right? Almost like every week. Or if you count the tag team situations, it was always something. Inoki and his tag team partner against Tiger Jeet Singh and his tag team partner, and just. Mm -hmm. just all year long, giant Baba Abdul the butcher the same way, all year long. Yeah. But these uh, special much, tournaments yeah, would make it pretty special. Mm -hmm. And after Tiger G Singh, it was Anthony Noki against Stan Hansen over and over and over and over. And every time Stan Hansen got that much closer. And finally, Stan Hansen beat Anthony Noki for NWF title once. Then that can so Inoki is beatable you know, established. Then return match, Inoki beats Stan again to get the belt back. Then they relinquish the title, all the heavyweight title in New Japan, then go into IWGP tournament, relinquish every single title. So IWGP will be the only undisputed championship in the world. That was the idea. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, and it was much like, that feel. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like, I think it's the same storyline with, you know, WWF Universal title. Sure. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, combining all the heavyweight titles into one, and you are the one and only champion. Yeah. Uh, it's just the format is the same. Hmm. 
So this year, Okada still is the man. That's right. He is Mr. Uh, G1 this year. And I just read he had a baby boy this summer with his wife. I think that week that he won the match. Yeah, the famous wife. Yeah. Yeah, his famous uh, voice actress wife. Voice actress of uh, Japanese anime. So 2022, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like a Japanese anime. Yeah. Yeah, And then the voice actress. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so it's a cute voice of your ani- Japanese anime. Yeah, it's a good year for Mr. Okada, that's for sure. Yeah. They, Okada and his wife met uh, when they were uh, the, the recording animated Tiger Mask about five ah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Tiger that's Mask W or, or whatever. Right, right, right. Remember that one? Yeah, I mean, not I remember. the classic Tiger Mask from 70s, but uh, th- today's version of Japanese anime, Tiger Mask, was a W. Yeah, she was in it. Oh, okay. I see. I was at the Tokyo Dome show where they debuted the character, and it was Kota Ibushi under the mask. Right, right, right. Against uh, some different black tiger. It was ACH, but they had him wear a mask, and they had a wig. Oh, the red Saturn guy? Or, no, no. This yeah. was like a... It looked like black an old tiger. Mark Rocco uh, outfit with... Uh, it looked like oh, okay, it had okay. black long wig, like long black hair coming out of it, but it was uh, ACH, ah, and he had an opening right. match. And it right, went, right, they right. showed the cartoon. That didn't last. Yeah. That character didn't last, you know. But the Ibushi, Kota Ibushi is on his own star, you know. Mm-hmm. It looks strange has, to me. It, it he hasn't like... been back over a year now. And that's uh, right. I don't know what's next. It was. He uh, got hurt last yeah. year's G1 Climax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got been hurt. A year. Jeez. Yeah. So he's been out over a year now. He, yeah. I mean, he's on the internet. He is know? on the internet. He's on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he hasn't he hasn't worked in the ring over a year now. Wow. So he is now forgotten, but he's not in he's not around, so he's not in main event cluster right now. It's Okada and Jay White and Will Osprey and Naito four mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and uh, well, the Hiroshi Tanahashi is a big superstar, but he he's on his own. You know, he doesn't really have to win the tournament. Or he, he, Tanahashi doesn't need to win IWGP title or anything like that, but he's a superstar. Kind of like what uh, John Cena or Shawn Michaels type. So in yeah. you mentioned that Tanahashi. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a Tanahashi is a great example of this. In this year's tournament, he even lost. Uh, he lost to Aaron Hanare. He lost to Hiroki Goto, and it doesn't feel like he lost any. Um, footing i think fans Yo, people still, don't remember that <laughs> you know? still tanahashi i think jushin liger had the same effect too they could lose mm-hmm. all the time and they're still gonna have their spot yeah very established that's also wrestling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah more like a triple h type i guess yeah yeah it doesn't matter whether they win or lose but people want to be there when they wrestle in the ring and whatever happens next, depending or on the, the whomever that, uh, that that make tag, you know, tag with, with Tanahashi will automatic star too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And next year, next year, I'm sure the New Japan will have you know more stars like, you know, that uh, the guys in the states like Umino and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tsuji. Yeah, Tsuji, yeah, he'll be a heavyweight star. And uh, maybe Uemura. 
Uemura is becoming like a more and more like a star-looking guy right now. Mm. That, uh, well, probably will be a, the he'll be a star with New Japan strong. Then that the footage will be all over the world. Then come back to Japan. It's like a main event guy without mm-hmm. working in Japan. Sure, reverse yeah. export. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sa- same same method was uh, the, the Umino too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be very interesting. There's lots of interesting stuff going on, and after this G1, it seems like almost all of the tournaments are going to be finished, and that might be the yeah. end of the summer okay, season. Who's your favorite for this year's Pro Wrestling Noah's N1 tournament? Who will be the winner? I Ooh. can't name. That's hard. Well, you know, the, the booking has been... Uh, kind of surprising and uh, people that you would expect to win would lose Kujita or Kiyomiya or well it looks Kano. like right now, right now Kano is is in the lead uh, I yeah. think he and Mr. Kojima I have the the highest scores Kojima, yeah and also he's still in a special treatment treatment period mm-hmm. I mean people still look at him like a new Japan guy like an outsider yeah uh, I'm not sure. I can't say. If I had to choose, I would either go with Keno or Keno? Kat- Katsuhiko yeah. Nakajima, who won it the past two years. Mm. Yeah, Katsuhiko Nakajima is almost like a wild card because he lost to Kiyomiya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kiyomiya probably won't, won't be winning this tournament. He's another guy who uh, loses a lot but gains credibility with the fans. That's the period. That's the phase he's in. He's in the losing period. Yes. Yeah. Right. But soon after, after it might be even be more difficult after he start winning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's just the N one tournament. Is so hard. So hard to you know. Just, I can't. Maybe can't all. I don't know. We'll see. What no, about? Hmm. What about Stardom's five star Grand Prix tournament? So I haven't kept up on that. So who do we got? Uh, who who are the top prospects in the Grand Prix? Oh, that you have twelve single match, twelve single match with one, you know, against each other, and uh, the Rossi's prediction was that uh, like a, it would be like an eight win and four lo- lose in eight four, then twelve matches, right? So nobody will be winning all twelve matches. So it's like. A, like a three or four wrestler will be in the same eight four record uh, mm. all the way till the end. And it's very unpredictable. I want to say Julia. I was going to say maybe it's Julia's time because she hasn't had that. Uh, hasn't had a red yet. belt mm. yeah, or the white belt. You know. Uh, would you consider Tamu Nakano? A lot of people like her. Mm. And, uh, or how about Natsupoi? Tamu Nakano and Natsupoi. We just won the tag team title, and that will be theirs for a while. Uh, okay, yeah. So not necessary necessary winning this singles tournament. I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm. I think that Julia is my favorite mm-hmm. uh, on this tournament. Oh, it's hard. This one's really hard because uh, the Utami uh, Hayashishita could be number one too, and then become number one contender to challenge Shuri again. Mm. And the champion surely will be losing quite a few matches in between too. In the tournament sure. situation, yeah, mm. and to make it even more unpredictable. It's interesting, huh? 
Well, there's so, a champion yeah. with championship belt, but there's another value to the tournament situation. Yeah. It really sets up the rest of the year. It sets up the yeah, what, what's yeah. going to happen. What well, should we it's look said for? And done, yeah, then you see, it all makes sense that on, uh, by Jan, by end of December. Ah, that's what it was. You know? Right, that's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah, we're we're wrestling fans, mm-hmm. so we have <laughs> yeah. to uh, talk to each other and guess, and and that's the fun of it too. <laughs> that's what wrestling fans do, huh? Mm-hmm. Especially in Japan, you go to the show, and then afterwards you go to get the yakitori, or you go to the bar, and you izakaya. talk about izakaya, the Suidobashi <laughs> area, and you talk about what happened and what's going to happen people, next. next. People at the, the next table, they'll be talking wrestling too. Yeah, and then you're talking across the table to each other. I mean, like, total strangers. Yes, but you both know exactly the topic. You say, oh, yeah, I, I thought the same thing, too. I thought uh, Okada was going to win. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that always happens. That's a, that's a, another great you part of it. You that, too? Oh, yeah. Or, or, or at Japan? least you hear it and you want to say. And you hear somebody else's conversation. Yeah, or you say, hey, I think they're talking about the Naito match, too, or something <laughs> like that. So, uh... yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's um, a tournament I'm culture. I'm hoping that the pandemic could be over soon, and not gonna be over soon. But uh, you know, end of December, so many, so many, you know, over, you know, that uh, international tourists from all over the world come to Japan, come to Tokyo, and then they attend all kinds of wrestling matches, events, and go to wrestlers, restaurant, wrestling shops, and you wait for wrestlers at the Tokyo Dome Hotel and all these things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be the time. Um, It'll be pro wrestling time in January. So hopefully the things will loosen oh, up and be COVID, safer by then. Yeah. COVID sucks. Yeah. Seems that way. But uh, yeah. yeah, but it kind of really forced wrestling company to change their business model. And it sped up the process of making this internet live streaming i pay-per-view things uh, as a thing you know as a thing you know for this era that the people will be paying uh money to watch this i pay-per-view on your the, the laptop or tablet or uh, ipod or something that you're mm. paying for it so it's a new way to watch wrestling and you have to pay for it you know and with the pandemic, it's like we saw a couple of years ago, even these, to tie it back to today's conversation, we saw that a big tournament like the G1 had to be kind of rearranged. Well, that was also because of the Olympics that were going on, too. Yeah, but, so um, that was a fall last year, right? Yeah. So, but, but, but the G1 always a summer feeling, mm-hmm. you know? But it, it didn't. This, ha- it had a different feel like a, then, so it it shows how much it, it had had to be that way. But this yeah. year, three consecutive nights at the Budokan. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. and not quite the packed sixty, eighty, eighteen thousand fans or anything like that. It's still social distance, and they announced it like a you know three thousand, four thousand. It's but it still looked pretty packed on television. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it really has changed a little bit. But uh, uh, pandemic, COVID or not, it was going to change into this live streaming method and the format, though, mm. sooner or later. Well, I mean, that kind of sums up everything. I think. Do you do you think we did an okay job? Do you think we covered <laughs> the history of the round robin tournaments in Japan? 
the World League tournament to Madison Square Garden series to Champion Carnival to what the G1 Climax. Uh, we didn't really talk about today's All Japan's Royal Road. You know that King it used to be King's Road, but it's now Royal Road uh, tournament that's going on right now with New Japan's Yuji Nagata in it. And uh, every single Yuji Nagata single match against All Japan guys would be very interesting. Yeah. And uh, that uh, with uh, Yuji Nagata's addition to All Japan's roster from New Japan, that uh, Yuji Nagata would be in, in triple crown title match picture. Mm. They had to be. Yeah. But the, he, if he does, he would be the Grand Slam champion, though, because he got the IWGP title before. And while he was you know, working against Kenta, for pro wrestling Noah years ago, he was you know GHC champion too. If he won uh, all Japan's triple crown, he will be the third or fourth Grand Slam champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kojima did that too. That's right. Yeah, but not that many. Maybe four or five guys altogether. Yeah, th- there wasn't a chance to yet. Right, right. But it would be very interesting because. Uh, old New Japan, I mean, uh, as big as there, like, can you say it's, it's hard to say it's the number two company in the world behind WWE because New Japan is so big uh, of their own, you know, and sending their, you know, Kojima uh, and, you know, New Japan existing talent to pro wrestling Noah, and now that the Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask working all Japan, New Japan sending their talent to other companies, mm. and it's like, and the, the old the New Japan talents are treated as as a main event guy for all Japan and pro wrestling Noah, but that makes pro wrestling Noah and all Japan uh, kind of below too. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It, it does. It can come off as uh it's not like number one if yeah it's, these companies yeah, it's are like, using I don't know what their... they're thinking. you know what i'm saying because it's really obvious that the new japan is new japan right now is above everybody else hmm. but that's the reality you know that's true yeah yeah but i mean but uh... it's, the matchup itself would be interesting nagata again yuji nagata against every single old japan top guys hmm. or you know, Sato, you know, Satoshi Kojima working every single pro wrestling or top talent. Every single match matchup would be interesting. Like mm-hmm. last week, Kojima against uh, the Masakatsu Funaki. You know, it, it would have been super dream card. Oh my if gosh! It was Fifteen years ago. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like you never know what happens. You know. But yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about uh, the summer, especially in the summer when the summer tournaments happen in Japan. There's always going to be something pivotal that happens. In yeah, one of these and also if it was in 1980s and into early 90s, you know when the, the, the two top guys from two different company will, will meet for the single match situation and they'll give you a double count or something sure. not good right sure. <laughs> but or it's not like that anymore double champion match or something like that yeah, yeah and then the double dq or double count out finish or no mm-hmm. contest or something like that but that doesn't happen anymore so the, the, they'll give you finish mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you'll be happy going home mm. <laughs> yeah see All what right. happens so if okay fans have questions 
How can they reach yes, you online? Yes, I would like to answer. On Twitter, at Fumihikodayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihikodayo, or just give me site on Facebook. Message me first. Thank you for the comments and uh, suggestions and all the feedback for, we've been getting. For the topics, yeah. And if you have ideas for topics, you can always send those in too. So thanks again, everybody. So until next time, Fumi, please take it away. So long from Tokyo. Mm -hmm.